0: Calling All Cars, a copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Offenders Police Calling All Cars, Attention All Cars, broadcast 96 regarding a kidnapping. Victim described as female, 25 years, 5 feet 1 inch, about 115 pounds. Has brown eyes, black hair. Was last seen in the company of a gray haired man in the vicinity of Brownell Avenue and 12th Street. All cars be on the lookout for this woman. And that's all. Rolls and starts. to this. Those shots came from the official junior police pistol. And that siren streak came from the official junior police siren whistle. These are only two of the many free gifts in the junior detective outfit that Rio Grande offers all boys and girls. Go to any dealer selling Rio Grande cracked gasoline and ask how you can get the complete detective outfit absolutely free. The scream of the sirens as police cars and fire engines speed through the streets is a continual reminder of Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline, the gasoline that powers more emergency cars than any other brand. In tonight's program, the Hollywood police cars that chase and capture the criminals use Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline exclusively, as do the police cars, fire engines, and emergency equipment of Los Angeles, Oakland, Berkeley, Marysville. San Diego County, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many other cities and counties. Do you realize that your own car must meet the same driving conditions as these emergency cars? You often crawl along like a snail in traffic. Then at a signal you clamp on the throttle. Then when you want acceleration, speed, instantly. The emergency cars have proved that Rio Grande cracks gives faster acceleration game speed, seconds sooner than other gasoline. Why don't you, too, enjoy police car performance in your car? Once again, it is our pleasure to present Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. Tonight, Calling All Cars deals with a subject that I am sure is of interest to everyone, kidnapping. Of all the various types of crimes that we have to deal with, kidnapping is perhaps the most difficult because one false move on our part and we have a murder on our hands instead of kidnapping. To the layman who reads the details in the daily paper, the work of running down and capturing kidnappers probably sounds thrilling. But to the officers, it is a matter of long, patient elimination. Months may, may go by with no single clue as to the identity of the suspect. Months in which, to the outside public, it seems the case is forgotten. But during these months, the investigation never stops. Night and day, the difficult task of sifting evidence goes on carefully checking and rechecking the smallest items that might bring a ray of light to the case and forging a chain of evidence that will eventually point to the guilty persons. It is a long, hard job, but as indicated by the ever-growing list of convictions in recent kidnapping cases, an effective one. cold evening in January 1921. Inside a small house on Brownell Street in Hollywood, the crackling flames of a wood fire, like a cheery note. In the dining room, Mrs. Margaret Worth and a woman neighbor are busily setting the table for the family's dinner.
1: There, the candle's in the center. Now, how does it look? It's lovely, really lovely. Mr. Worth should be awfully pleased. Yes, it's so seldom that his mother comes into town that he gets an awful lot of pleasure out of seeing her. I thought we'd have a sort of a party for her tonight. Well, you've certainly done wonders with that table. <laughs> it's the most cheerful looking thing I've seen in a long time. But I don't yes. know what in the world I would have done without you. Oh, grand of you to come over and help like this. <laughs> I haven't done a thing. I, I like to puckle with things like this. It's been a long time since I've had a family table. My husband didn't have any family, and mine lives so far away that I never see them anymore. You miss them, don't you, now that your husband's gone? Well, sometimes I, I can't help wishing we could all get together again just for a sort of reunion. But when you get to be my age, you somehow just don't expect things. I've got a grand idea. You stay here tonight for dinner with us. Oh, no, I couldn't. Why, dinner, of course really. you stay. Why, you're just as much a part of this family oh. as any other. Well, if, if you don't think I'd be in the way, be in? Why, if you're not the silliest person I've ever known in all my life? Now I'll tell you what we'll do. You we run in and get another plate, and I'll put a place on the table here, and we'll have a regular family dinner party. All right. Well, I won't be a minute. <laughs> oh dear, that must be Mother now. I'll go to the door, and you can set the table. All right. Hello, Mother. Oh,
0: Mrs. Worth.
1: Why, yes.
0: There's been an accident out on Santa Monica Boulevard, and I'm afraid someone in your family has been hurt.
1: Oh, is it...
0: An elderly woman. She asked oh. for you. Said you were expecting her and wanted me to get in touch with you. Oh,
1: that's terrible. is she hurt, bad? I don't really know,
0: Mrs. Worth. She asked that you come right out to her. I got my car here. I'd be glad to take you there. Oh, that's
1: awfully good of you. I... Will you come in a moment? I, I'll get my coat. That's
0: all right. I'll wait
1: here for you. All right. I'll only be a minute. Oh, Mrs. Norton. Mrs. Norton. Yes? I, I'm afraid something terrible's happened. I'll have to go out to Santa Monica right away. Mother's been in an automobile accident the evening. Will you bring me my coat? And and I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to look after the baby. I, I'll be back or call you as soon as I find out what we'll have to do. Well, all right. Now, you go right ahead, and don't worry about baby Camp. Oh, thank you. If my husband gets home before I call you, tell him what's happening to wait right here for a call. Yes, I will. Now you run along, and I'll stay right here until I hear from yes, you. All right. I, I'll be back just as soon as I can.
0: But lovely mother of is not destined to be back home as soon as she thought an hour after she has left, her husband returns to the house where he learns from Mrs. Norton of the tragic accident. Worried, he waits nearly an hour for a phone call. And then, learning from Mrs. Norton that the scene of the accident was on Santa Monica Boulevard, he starts out in his car, hoping to find his wife and his mother or at least learn their whereabouts. Arriving at the approximate scene of the accident, the frantic husband inquires from proprietors of small gas stations and fruit stands. But no one has heard of a crash. Worried to the breaking point, Mr. Worth finally comes to the horrible conclusion that his wife has disappeared. A phone call to his home verifies his suspicion when he learns that his mother has arrived and is at the house and says there is no truth in the accident story. Margaret Worth has disappeared from the face of the earth. Realizing that the first step is to notify the police, Mr. Worth drives to police headquarters and tells his story to Detective Lieutenant Lewis Oak and Ed King. I can't think of any reason for a thing like this. The usual reason for kidnapping is money, Mr. Worth. Oh, I know that, of course, but it, it seems incredible to me that a full-grown woman could be taken right out of her own home and spirited away. I, I just can't understand it. Did this neighbor of yours see the man that calls for Mrs. Worth? I'm not well. She said that she was so upset by the news that she really didn't pay any attention to it. Well, Lloyd, that leaves us with practically nothing to go on. It strikes me that the person that did this must have been pretty well acquainted with the movements of your family, Mr. Worth. Why? Well, well, in the first place, he must have known that your mother was coming to dinner with you on this particular night. And he must have known that she'd be driving in from out of town. That's right. Do you have any ideas as to who might be aware of these things, Mr. Worth? Someone who might want to hurt you? No, no, I can't think of a person. No one. Wait a minute. What is it? There was a former partner of mine. I don't suppose it has anything to do with this thing, but as I was driving here, I saw him in a car with my secretary. The secretary that works for you now? Yes. Is this secretary familiar with your home life? That is, would she know about your social appointments? She handles all my social affairs as well as my business appointments. Yeah, looks as though we might have hit on something mighty important, Lord. Now, Mr. Worth, can you give us a little information about this former partner? Oh, of course. Anything that'll help get Margaret back. Well, what's his name? George Feldman. How long has it been since you were in business with him? Oh, it's been one, nearly two years since we parted. Any reason to think this Feldman might want to hurt you? Did he have a grudge against you? Well, we were exactly what you'd call friends when we parted, but I have no real reason to believe he'd want to do anything like this. Have you had any dealings with him lately? No. No, I haven't seen the man more than twice in the last year. This evening's the first time in at least two months. Now, oh, about this secretary of yours, Mr. Bush. Have you ever seen her with Feldman before? Well, not that I remember, no. You're positive it was your secretary, you saw tonight? Oh, absolutely. There could be no mistaking it. Did she see you? Well, oh, I don't see how she could have. Good. Ed, I think we'd better call Nick Harris and have him put a couple of operatives on the secretary and Feldman. Yeah. Meantime, it's absolutely necessary that we keep this news in the papers. You, Mr. Worth, had better go home and wait for a communication from the kidnappers. And don't mention this to anyone. Tell the woman that's staying with your child that she's not to breathe a word of it. In kidnapping, the most important thing is is to let the criminals think you're carrying out their wishes to the letter. If they become frightened, there's no telling what they might do. But why can't we go out to my secretary's house right now and get her? I know where she lives. Because if this is a kidnapping case, Mr. Worth, and I have no doubt for what it is, there's bound to be more than just one or two people in it. And getting one of the gang will do us no good, and only serve to warn the leaders that we're on to it. In that case, I wouldn't get a guess as to your wife's safety. Oh, I, I suppose you know best, Lieutenant, but we've got to get her back. We've just got to get her back. <laughs> go by and no word is heard of lovely Margaret Worth. the police department begins its task of setting the machinery in motion for the greatest manhunt in the history of Los Angeles. Private detective Nick Harris has brought into the case and immediately assigns two of his operatives to shadow Worth's secretary and Felderman and to report every move they make day and night. Despite the efforts of the detectives to keep the case in the papers, the following day headlines scream, Margaret Worth kidnapped. Then, late the following afternoon, a nervous young man appears at the detective headquarters and asks for the man in charge of the investigation. And what might you be wanting to see him about? Well, I'd uh, rather not say anything about it here. You see, it's a uh, sort of private. Well, you'll have to tell me what it is you want before I can be letting you in. Well, uh, j- just tell me that it's uh, about the uh, uh, kidnapping, then. About the kidnapping? Mm-hmm. So what about the kidnapping? Well, that's uh, what I wanted to tell whoever's in charge with you. Let me think speak to him? Yeah, just a minute. I'll see what he says. Hello, Lieutenant. There's a young fellow out here that says he wants to see you about that kidnapping case. And he won't tell me. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. Now you can go in on oh. that hallway there in the second door on your left. Thank you. Come in.
2: Yes? Uh,
0: are you the uh, man who's in front of the chid- that's right.
2: Come
0: in. Uh, thank you. I, uh, I have some information I thought might be of some value to you. It. It's about the kidnapping. The, the kidnapping. Uh, yes, I gathered this uh, Now, what's the story? Well, uh, this afternoon I was uh, riding on a streetcar on Eldora Street, and uh, I thought behind Boyle Heights, just two blocks. Yes, and... I know where it is. Go ahead, son. Well, I was uh, riding on a streetcar, and as I didn't have anything to do, I was just uh, looking out the window, watching the cars they went by. Yes, and? Uh, well, I noticed the dilapidated old car parked on the side of the road, and what it appeared at first to be a bundle in the back seat. The, um, car was on the stop alongside of it for a passenger, and I got a better look. And suddenly I, uh, saw a hand and an arm reach out of the bundle. What? a uh, 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 hand and arm reached out of the bundle. Well, the uh, car I was on started just then, and by the time I could get off and run back, the machine was gone. Did you get a good look at who was driving it? Uh, well, no, because, you see, uh, when I saw it, there was no driver, but, uh, I got the license number. You got the license uh, number. Good. You Got it with you? Uh, yes, yeah. here. Fine, fine. Now sit down a moment, Mister uh, uh, Willows. Mister uh, Willows. Uh-huh. I'll call the motor vehicle department and see who this license is registered to. Hello, operator. Get the motor vehicle department right away, will you? And find out who has license L three two four one one. Call me back. Thanks. Uh, how big was this bundle, Mr. Willows? Uh, Would you say it was big enough to hide a full-grown person? Well, I, I, I didn't uh, get the, too good look at it, but uh, I, it might have been that big, although I, I don't know. I see, I see. You say there was no driver there. Did you see anyone else around the car? Well, um, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, there was a man standing on the curb. He, he seemed to be uh, waiting for someone. I, I don't know whether he had anything to do with the car. Or... Mm, well, we'll just have to. Uh, there's the call now. Hello? Yeah. I see. What? So that's it. I see. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, that's funny. Very funny. All right. Thanks a lot, anyway. Goodbye. Oh, is it uh, something? Oh, yes. It's something. I'm afraid, Mr. Willows, that your suspicions were a little lost. Oh, a seven pound boy was born in the back of the dilapidated automobile you saw this afternoon. Both mother and child are doing fine. Oh. <laughs> Thus, what seemed like the first real clue dissolves into the thin wail of a newborn babe. Under the direction of Chief of Police, Pendergast, a modern posse of citizens is formed and scour the deserted stretches of Griffith Park, Hollywood Hills, Edendale Park, and all possible places where the lovely young woman might be hidden. But nothing is found. Then, on the second day after the kidnapping, the frantic husband calls detectives Oaks and Kings, tells them to come to his house at once. Arriving there, the officers find Mr. Worth waiting for them and apparently highly excited. I've heard from them. A special delivery letter. I have it right here. Let me see it. When did you receive this, Mr. Just before I called you. Naturally, the first thing I did was to get in touch with you. Well, it's conclusively that your wife has been kidnapped. That at least, is something. Well, what does it say, Ed? It says by the time you receive this, you will have notified the police. But That will do you no good as your wife is in a safe place. Worthy will be kept until you have left twenty thousand dollars next Saturday evening at a place you will be told of later. That's all there is. But there's another note. It was inside the main envelope. Another note from Margaret, my wife. Well, what does it say? Said if I don't come and get her soon, she'll go crazy. You're sure it's from her, Mr. Worth? Oh, Pulsy. It's in her handwriting. I'm sure of it. I'm going out and get the money right away and get her. Wait a minute, Mr. Worth. Your wife is safe at the moment. We know that because they're waiting for the money. There's no guarantee of what they'll do when they get the money. You have no guarantee of her safety after you pay the money. But I've got to do something. I'll go crazy waiting here and not knowing what those fiends are doing to Margaret. I know it's hard for you, Mr. Worth. The safest thing right now is to stall them until we can get a line on where they're holding your wife. Oh, but we don't know any more about it now than we did when she was taken. How do you know we'll ever find her? Well, we can't be sure of anything yet. But it stands to reason that nothing will happen to her as long as they think you're playing the game with them. The thing for you to do is to stay right here and wait to hear from them again. As soon as you do, let us know at once and we'll plan our next move. Oh, I I suppose you're right, but I, I can't stand this suspense much longer. I keep thinking of my wife somewhere out there, frightened, nearly crazy, and not being able to do anything more than write a note to me. Gentlemen, we've got to do something. Don't worry, Mr. Worth. We'll do something. I'm not sure just what, but we'll do something. Meanwhile, all the operatives assigned by Nick Harris to follow the suspected secretary and ex-partner have not been idle. With the thoroughness and persistency of a bloodhound, every lead, no matter how many, has been run down. And at 3.15 the following morning, in the supper room of the Vernon Country Club, Hello, operator. Jimmy Drexel, 2746W. Yeah. Oh. Hello, chief. This is Jones. Our people are out here at the Vernon Country Club. Yeah, sitting around drinking. Yeah. Stay with them? Okay. Yeah, Burns is with me. Okay, see. Goodbye. Now, well, what do we do? Stick around and see where they go after here. I should make up my mind. I'm getting plenty tired of this dump. Well, you and me both. Oh, well. Better than some of the places we've had to hang around. Yeah. Our part of sitting over there? Right where they've been all evening. I've never seen anyone put away so many highballs in one sitting as that bird. He hasn't had a glass out of his hands since 10.30. But he has a lift to one side when he tries to get up on that table. Uh-oh. Huh? Stay in the case. Nobody's going to leave. Uh, you're right. Boy, is that gent cock-eyed. He's going to be good. Well, We better start out. We can keep our eye on him from the door and hit for the car as soon as he come out. Uh, okay, Let's go. Yeah. Below the left, sir. Better slow down to the next intersection. Blind and it's a PE crossing. How about us slow down a little? And lose them? No, sir. We're going to be a right red them and when they get where they're going. Look, there's a trolley coming. And they don't see it. Hit the brake for it. They're going to crash. Yeah. They're trying to beat the trolley. Yeah, they can't do it. Um. Running to the scene of the crash, the two operators find nothing left but a tangled mass of steel. In the front seat, wife Helderman, the ex-partner and worst secretary. Human sacrifices to the gods of speed, leaving the investigation facing a blank wall. The two main suspects in the morgue. Back in the office of Detective Volk, a meeting is held to discuss the situation and make new plans. Well, uh, what's to be done now? If all things to happen, this is the worst. Both of them killed and not another clue in our hands. Well, the first thing to be done is to find out for sure whether we were right or not in our suspicions. What do you mean, Nick? Uh, just this. If Feldman was the guilty person, Mrs. Worth is somewhere, and whoever's with her is probably waiting for his return. Yeah. When he doesn't show up, this guy is bound to get suspicious and do a little investigating. When he finds out that Feldman has been killed, Will he get scared and take it on the lamb, leaving Mrs. Worth where she is, or will he try to carry on alone? Yeah. And if he does run out, what happens to Mrs. Worth? Uh, That's what I'm afraid of. Now, here's an idea that might work. Do what you think of it. Shoot. Okay. We write a fake ransom note and give it to the papers as a straight good. They publish it, and the real criminal, if he's still alive, reads the note, figures that it's a phony, and that someone is trying to chisel in on his deal and gets in touch with Mr. Worth to straighten it out. Say, That's not a bad idea. Sir. Well, the way I figure now is that anything is worth a chance. Acting on this idea, a note is phoned to the newspaper stating that Mrs. Worth is safe and that the kidnappers won $50,000 for her return. Within an hour, after the time the first paper hits the newsstand, a letter arrives at the work home from the real kidnappers, denying that the published note is from them and offering as proof of the authenticity of their identity a chance to talk to Mrs. Worth over the phone. Back in the offices of the detectives. Well, Nick, it worked. Yeah, and it proves one thing to us. The two suspects who were killed in that crash had nothing to do with it. Men we want are alive and getting impatient. Maybe if they get impatient enough, they'll make a slip. There's always that chance. Now, here's the next move. You, Mr. Worth, stand by your phone day and night. If a call comes from them, try to stall them as long as you can without getting them suspicious. I'll arrange to have any calls made to your house piped into my office and into your father's house. We'll have men at all three places with instructions to phone me the moment anything breaks. And when it does, we have the chief operator give us the address of the place the phone call is coming from and go after them. That's where you play a very important part, Mr. Worth. The longer you can keep them talking to you, the better our chances to get them before they leave the phone. The plan carried out to a T. Nothing remains now but to wait for the expected call. One long day goes by and no call comes. The second day drags on and threatens to bring nothing of importance to the ears of the waiting men. Then Sunday evening at ten fifteen, the phone in Nick Harris's office suddenly comes to life. Hello.
1: There's a man talking to the Worth House. He's speaking from a public pay station in the Anson Drug Store, 200 East Fifth Street.
0: Thanks. Hold this wire open and get in police headquarters. Yes,
1: sir. Here you are,
0: sir. Hello. My Harris speaking. Lieutenant, Hi, Harris. Go out to 200 East Fifth Street, Anson Drug Store, and make it fast. Pick up the bird in the phone booth. Right. Oh. We got anywhere from thirty seconds to two minutes to get there. Okay, Lieutenant. This boys all set when we get there. Remember, we want this bird alive. Right Charlie Lieutenant. There's the drugstore. Next corner. Okay, boys. Head for the phone booth and grab everybody that's phone's. What's your name? Beale, Arthur Beale. All right, Beale. Suppose you tell us all about it. Listen, you can't make me say anything I don't know. I tell you you're wrong about this. All right, that's enough of that. We're doing the talking from now on. What were you doing in that telephone booth? Telephone? Who were you talking to? That's none of your business, and what's more, I don't see what right you. You were Not... talking to Mr. Worth, weren't you? I no no, I and wasn't. And who are you talking to? I uh, I don't know. How can a guy think when you're asking all these questions? You don't have to think very hard, Beale. You know where Mrs. Worth is. No, I don't. Come on, Beale, where is she? I tell you, I don't know. Beale, I'm asking you just once more, and if you don't tell me, it'll go hard with you. Where is Mrs. Worth? All right, all right, I'll tell you if you stop asking me questions. All right, go ahead. She's out in a shack near Corona. That's better. Can you tell us exactly where? I suppose so. All right, boys, it looks like we're going to have a ride ahead of us. And, Beale, you're coming along to show us the way. (laughs) Marching forces detectives Oak Harris King and Mr. Worth with their prisoner safely handcuffed to the car starts the long trek out to the shack in Corona. Trailing behind their car come five others, filled with police and reporters. Out to South Los Angeles, the six car speed into the long stretch of smooth road leading to Corona. At 4 a.m. the lead car cuts off the main highway onto a little cow path, and with lights out crawls the remaining three miles. Suddenly a small track shows up, only a few hundred feet away. The cars quietly slide to a stop. I listen to you. We're going with us. When we arrive, you tell who's ever in there that you brought a friend. That's all. Understand? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Ed. Let's go. Okay. all oh, it. It's all right, George. I got a friend with me. That's about time I got that. Where we'll did I open that door. All right, boys are coming in. A cop. Who you? i me hold you for a moment. Now, oh,
1: where is she to In that closet over there. Okay, then. The door is nailed. Well, the box open. Come on, boys. Give me
0: the hand with this door. Come on, break it down. That's it. That's it. Oh, that's it. That's it. Oh, Margaret, Margaret, oh, oh, where are you? Oh, Lammy. Oh, Lammy. Oh, oh, I knew you'd stop. Margaret, oh, God, God. God, I've got your case. <laughs> come on, Louis. I think we'd better take a look at our business. How's Yeah. Maybe you're right. So, through the excellent police work and cooperation from Nick Harris, Margaret Worth was returned to her husband and baby unharmed. The two men were tried and found guilty of kidnapping for the purpose of extortion. On February 2, 1921, Arthur and George Beale were sentenced to San Quentin for the term of From Ten Years to Life, and on the same day, Detective Oak, King, and Harris caught the train for San Quentin, and delivered the criminal in person to the warden. Thank you, Chief Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, your police department calls upon every citizen to enlist in the war against crime. Every boy, every girl can help in the capture of lawbreakers. Join the junior police department. Get your complete junior detective outfit. Your nearest Rio Grande cracked gasoline dealer is headquarters for more information drive in and ask how you can get absolutely free a junior police badge, fingerprint outfits, handcuffs, and many other gifts. If you, and Mr. Motorist, haven't yet realized the thrill of getting police car performance from your own car, then try this extraordinary Rio Grande cracked gasoline that is selected for more police cars and emergency engines than any other brand. A tank full will give you more and speedier miles than you've been getting, And you get a valuable gift for some boy or girl at no cost to you. Your Rio Grande dealer can save you money on motor oil too. He features Sinclair canned motor oil, only twenty-five cents a quart for the same Sinclair oil your army and navy use. In all cars, attention in all cars. The cancellation broadcast 96 regarding a kidnapping. Suspects in this case are now in custody. That's all. Rolls and This is your narrator, Edvard Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.